Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Hello and welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we're taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. I'm Jarf, and with me as always is Tierney. I really want a line from Wayne's World every time you phrase it as, and with me as always. <laughs> that would be good. And you know what else is good? We've got new guests for us this week. So please welcome Jonathan and Tabitha. Hey. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us. We are so excited and we are talking about minute 22 of Joe versus the volcano, which starts with Joe grabbing his precious lamp to leave. <laughs> and it ends with Joe demonstrating the light sucking the juice out of his eyeballs. I didn't really like saying that sentence just before the record. <laughs> this is going to be a rough week for you then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a problem with the word juice or eyes? Well, eyes is not great. Juice is bad. And then suck is in there too. So there's really a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going from one to the next at that point. You're just going from one to the next to the next but we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because yeah he's gonna swear he's even worse than you (laughs) yes you gotta you're gonna have to bleep joe out on this but the way he uses his lamp in this scene just delights me to no end now jonathan tabitha you guys are you as in love with the lamp as we are because we love this lamp I like the lamp because the fluorescent lights like that drive me crazy. And so just that bit of warm light when he turned it on in the earlier minutes just made me so happy. And that it's just a little travel lamp. And it really is just a, I don't know, it is a joyous thing. And it has its own music, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of helps in this dreary landscape of a job. Yeah. I love the idea of a home possession that has its own theme song. It's like Indy's hat. <laughs> Yep. In fact, our son just moved uh, away to college and he's living in his grandparents' basement, which is really nice. But his room kind of has fluorescent lighting because it used to be his grandma's sewing room. And I said, are you okay with the lighting in here? Because I, when I walked in, I'm just like, oh man, I don't think I can stand this. Like, are you sure you don't want like a little lamp to put a little warm light? And he's like, no, mom, I'm cool with it. It's all good. And I'm like, Okay. So now those are my questions like, how you doing with the light? Aww. <laughs> He's like, I'm good, mom. I'm good. <laughs> do boys get to hang up Christmas? Yes, they do. I've been in boys' houses that had Christmas lights up all yeah. over the place. So there you go. It's almost that season. <laughs> and then you just never take them down. <laughs> yes. I just moved into a new office area and the lights are very strong and they have ones on our individual desks that if you're sitting looking at your computer it's fine it's just added light but if you are facing the desk that the lamp is right over the lighting strip you get a headache in about four minutes seems to be my limit (laughs) does it make your face look all pasty and gross i'm sure it does everybody in this office i choose not to uh think about it too much how much i probably look like someone in this office (laughs) i'm not wearing a suit my one goal in my corporate life is to never rise to a level of responsibility where I need to wear, well, the girl equipment pantyhose to work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I like promotions. I like titles. Never going to get to that point. Thank you very much. And so, yeah, this little breakdown speech of Joe's. Whew. My boss does not like me analyzing this movie one minute at a time. I'm questioning a lot about my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
This movie will do that to you. Next thing you know, you're gonna be picking your lamp up off the desk and just pointing at your boss to just <laughs> just ward him away. The first vibe that I got it was he was using it like a crucifix to a vampire. <laughs> Jarf, that is in my notes. Is it? Like a, cruci- like a crucifix to a vampire. Great minds thinking alike. I like there it. You go. As I watched it more, it, it's his stance and the way he brandishes it. It looked a little bit more like a sword. And then you see a little bit later then Mr. Watori picks up the mannequin limb as sort of a counterpoint. So that's where I landed. But there's definitely something holy about the lamp. Well, that's why I love that he's giving it to Dee Dee. Yeah, the the lamp is this this movie. I like it because it has that uh, fairy tale vibe. If it was played a little straighter, it I think it would just be passed off as just a, oh, this is a nice story. So I I think that there's things like this that actually uh, make sense to the their foreshadowing. You know, the lamp represents life or it represents his journey of life. You know, so that that would naturally be something to ward off. You know, someone like Mr. Watori, and that the fact that Mr. Watori even responds to it, that he kind of mm-hmm. backs away from it. You know, and then yeah, he gives it to Didi. He's kind of like a he's kind of woken up himself, and he's trying to hand it off to someone else to protect her. Yeah, I love it. That's true because he's leaving her behind. And it's interesting because he does pass it off to Didi, but she wouldn't be able to use it because Mr. Watori would make her put it away too. But I suppose maybe then she would rise up and pass it on to other guy. Does he have a name? The other guy in the office? He's Snappy. <laughs> no, it's Todd. Didn't we Todd. figure that out? <laughs> I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. But yeah, maybe they can just keep passing the lamp on until everybody quits. It's filled with hope and quits. And I love the idea that even if she didn't have a place to plug it in, although she has an electric typewriter, so there's something at Dee Dee's desk. But even if she didn't have a place to plug in the lamp, just having it on her desk is kind of a middle finger to Mr. Waturi. That would make me happy. How did you... Well, before we go on, I appreciated your analysis on that, Jonathan. You definitely said the magic words with fairy tale. That is, <laughs> that's what Tierney and I always call this movie. And I agree about the symbology too. Now we're talking about him passing on the lamp to Dee Dee. And I was curious how you felt about her initial reactions to Joe acting up. Did that seem realistic to you? How did you respond? Uh, I like, not just in this minute, but I just like her character and I like how she's, I think she's believable that she would be a person that has this job, but she has, at least up to this point, been kind of the the life of the office. She's bubbly for someone who's still a bit reserved or still a bit timid. So yeah, I think she's delightfully, well, she's delightfully delighted in what Joe is doing, but she's still, she's not joining in, you know, she's curious to see what he's going to do, but she's still at her desk. And I think in later minutes, we see that she's almost even kind of cowering, but she's still involved. She seems mm-hmm. amused by it. Like if it's possible to cower and also be entertained, that's that's Dee Dee's position. Right. Like she's she's going to keep herself safe, but she's totally on board with Joe doing whatever he it is that he's doing. This, this is might be the most. The, go ahead. No, I think we're going to say the same things. Like the most excitement, the most entertaining yes! thing that happened <laughs> in the office ever. So they're probably her and Todd are you know are probably just like oh my word, what's this is interesting. <laughs> 
This is like what, nothing the exciting most ever happens down here. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it sounds like Tierney and Tabitha's great minds are also thinking alike. Yeah. <laughs> it's the T and the J's. <laughs> There you go. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh my god. Right. <laughs> I just really like this because I discovered this movie first but very closely with discovering The Princess Bride. And to me they kind of go together in that fairy tale-ish 90s movie that grown-ups and kids could enjoy, but they were getting very different things out of it. I, you know, they just, they feel like they fit together. Maybe that's just that I was a kid obsessed with both of them. I could 100% picture Andre the Giant on the island at the end. (laughs) We're just missing a little kid at the beginning. Grandpa, why are you telling me about your boring job? (laughs) (laughs) Just wait, kid, just wait. I know that when he walks through the all the sounds as he's walking through the office from the time he leaves, like the shoe sounds and the bag crinkling and the movie, I feel like it made it as empty and awkward as possible. I'm definitely not an ASMR person. So all those sounds and listening to it over and over again, I was like, ooh, ooh. It's like <laughs> making me nauseous. I don't know. There's something so disheartening about that. Well, I guess not disheartening. That's a bad word. But like, you're right. The crinkling of the bag is really just like, he has so little here that it all fits in that one bag. Yeah. And and even that isn't full, you know? It would not have the same effect if he was carrying a cardboard box of his possessions. Did you all get a Jerry Maguire vibe from this scene? Oh, you mean Tom Cruise totally ripped this off? Yeah. <laughs> Eyebrow raise? <laughs> I find it interesting to watch them side by side. And since we are here to stand Joe versus the volcano, I will just underline Tierney's statement that this movie happened first. But it's such a testament to the different type of actor Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise are because they're doing something very similar. It's that one day you go into the office and you freak out and everyone's surprised. But Hanks's performance is is so much more nuanced and reserved and quirky and Cruz is so hammy in his that it bugs me that the Jerry Maguire scene is iconic and this one is is more forgotten. Pretty iconic. I think if anyone remembers anything about this movie, it's this scene. I mean, if they don't know the movie, you know what I mean? Like if there's only if they only remember one thing, it's probably suck, 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 suck. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen Jerry Maguire. So my brain is stretching to remember that. But I think this it just makes it so much more bleak, you know, just the way the lighting is and the you know, the it's like a dirty room, dirty building compared to, you know, nicer offices and things. I Yeah. I know this is rich coming from someone who just studied MASH minute by minute, but this is a very dark, muddy-ish photography. (laughs) Why don't I have words? But it's very dark. (laughs) It's almost hard to see what's going on at some points. Yeah, it's it's practically the beginning of The Wizard of Oz before she gets to Oz. That's true. Very true. Almost like that's on purpose. Almost like it. So maybe we... it has something in common with the Wizard of Oz. Who knows? <laughs> Are you doing your good witch voice? No, I was doing a shoulder shimmy, but <laughs> <laughs> Linda would a shoulder shimmy. She you know this is an audio 
podcast, right? <laughs> That's you gotta why say you shimmy, 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 so that we know that you're shimmying. The, oh, I think if I do my voice right, you know, you can just feel the shimmy in your soul. <laughs> the, I did feel a little shimmy. I felt a little shimmy. <laughs> So we've been dancing around this a little bit, and I thought that I would jump right in and ask Jonathan and Tabitha, what is your history with this movie? I understand, Tabitha, you saw it for the first time very recently, and Jonathan, you you saw it like a ways back and are kind of getting reacquainted with it. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I saw this movie back when, you know, in the early 90s, and I, I don't know how many times I saw it, but I know it was definitely more than once. It was something I, I put on. It's one of those movies that I kind of thought that uh, I only watched it and everybody else either hated it or just didn't watch it or something. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just floated away. So it's been a long, like many years. Floated away like on a luggage raft? Yeah. Uh, It's been many years, but uh, (laughs) I was excited to watch it again and find out that I I also didn't hate it. And I I think, you know, like I said before, I think a lot of that was attributed to the the fairy tale-ness of, you know, that this movie is kind of light, but it's also like saying something, but it's also not taking itself too seriously as far as the actual plot and the actual characters and stuff. I really enjoy it and I'm probably going to watch it again. Yeah. I liked it. It was the first time. So this week was the first time that I've seen this movie. I thought that I'd seen it once before, like, I don't know, 20 years ago when I was dating Jonathan, but nothing seemed familiar to me. So I don't think I had watched it. Maybe I only just heard of the the name of the title at that time. He was easing you in at that point. Yeah, (laughs) I guess I was just like dropping, you know, name dropping here and there. So that's what happened to me with Return to Oz. I, sorry, not Return to Oz, the never ending story. Mm -hmm. I thought that I had watched it until I started listening to Tierney's podcast and she was describing things that I had never seen. So I think (laughs) I I just, I saw the poster, maybe I saw the trailer and I filled out the rest in my mind. So, but now I've seen it (laughs) and I'm the better for it. But sorry, go go on, Tabitha. Well, I feel like I'm the better for it now, too, for watching this movie. But it, it was fun. I, I enjoy Meg Ryan doing the different women in Joe's life. That was fun. And she did a really good job with that. I just I did enjoy the fairy taleness of it. I enjoyed him becoming more, you know, full of life and going on adventures because I really like adventures and seeing new things and learning new things and just finding the adventure in everyday stuff. That I really enjoy. So yeah, I really liked it. It was good. It was a really good first time watch. I'm glad I watched it. Well, we're thrilled that you liked it. And I couldn't agree more about Meg Ryan. I'm curious, did you have a favorite of Meg Ryan's characters? So we have Dee Dee here. Angelica is the flibber gibbet. And Patricia is the awesome sailor whose wardrobe Tierney copied. (laughs) I think I like Patricia, but I really enjoy Dee Dee. I enjoy how Meg Ryan portrays her. And she's just so simple and sweet. And just the way she, you know, have her eyes wide open and her mouth just like just her draw, jaw dropped. And I don't know, I, I do enjoy how she plays Dee Dee. I like Dee Dee a lot more as an adult. Like watching this as an adult, I get a lot out of the Dee Dee character that when I was a kid, I was just like, yeah, the girl he works with, whatever. Like, but now looking at it and being like, okay, so what's 
Dee Dee's life. Who is Dee Dee? What, you know, at the end of the day, what does she go home to? There's a lot more being portrayed here than I picked up on. So I, I really like the Dee Dee character now. So I'm curious to see if I feel the same way about Angelica when we get to her. Because she's the same one where, I mean, I always liked her, but on a very superficial level. And so I'm very curious to see if I pick up on more things now or if I just feel like I know her better or understand her better this time around. Or if possibly you'll like her less because you have seen more Angelicas at, say, open mic nights over the course of your life. (laughs) Fair. Not to totally talk about other media entities, I recently rewatched Dawson's Creek for the first time as an adult. Can I just give a shout out to Michelle Williams as Jen Lindley? That character is phenomenal. And I hated her as a teenage girl. (laughs) I hated her because she was like every blonde mean girl I went to high school and middle school with. But actually, if you were an adult watching that movie, Jen Lindley is a fantastic feminist character who I absolutely love and children should emulate. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox and go back into this dingy office now with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to see as I watch this again, you know, if my opinion changes as far as who, which character I enjoy more. Especially now knowing the story, like how the story is going to play out. Sometimes that changes it too. (laughs) Right. I did want to ask if anybody else knows it. It's second 29. The way the lights are shaped, are they made to look like the crazy lightning bolt just to the right of his head? Oh, oh. Oh, I did not see that, but now I'm going to go look at second 29. I noticed a little lightning bolt on the poster behind Dee Dee, but that's just because it's the logo and it's on everything. I was very distracted by the screaming man that looks like someone made the most terrifying sheet cake in the world and tipped it up on its side behind Dee Dee's head. That, <laughs> that's going to give me nightmares. And it's coming. I think you're out right, Tabitha. Yeah, at the moment when he's saying, "I should say something," I don't know. It's kind of like hmm. lightning bolts. I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, they had to set up the shot from that particular angle so that because these are just rows of lights. Yeah, but I do love me a good crazy design. Like, can you imagine being the set decorator and being like, "Oh, hey, we need these fluorescent lights. They're going to be really important. Can you also put them in this configuration, please?" <laughs> and from everything we've seen so far, they, they don't do sloppy shots where they just set up things randomly. Everything is almost oh, no. arranged yeah. to a Wes Anderson level. Yeah, I think I think that is a deliberate lightning bolt. <laughs> so so score one for Tabitha. Thank you. Jonathan and Tabitha, did you want to plug any other projects that you're involved in? I sure would. Uh, I think, according to my notes anyway, if we get around to that in the next couple of minutes, uh, you'll probably hear me mention a project I used to do, the the Princess Bride Minute. You can find all of that on theprincessbrideminute.com. The thing I'm doing right now, as we're recording anyway, is UHF 62nd, and we are covering the movie UHF 62 seconds at a time. And I do not have my own podcast, so I just guessed around. And you can uh, find me in some upcoming weeks on UHF 62nd. And I'm, I don't know, I'm in a lot of, oh, soon. (laughs) So by the time this comes out, we'll be on the new season of Spider-Man Minute. And we'll both be on that. And you can find me over there. Are you saying you're a podcasting flippity gibbet? I might be a flippity gibbet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a flippity gibbet. (laughs) (laughs) That's, oh, that's good, Angela. So those are... (laughs) 
those are awesome choices for movies to cover and shows to guest on. I, I love them all. They're just so fun, and I feel like the Movies by Minute community is the better for them. So thanks for what you do, and thanks for joining us today. Folks, we will be back on Wednesday. So We're going to make Jarf say suck again. <laughs> <laughs> It's my new goal. I didn't realize how much I enjoyed making you uncomfortable until I did it. <laughs> that's that's great. I really look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> that's why I did these podcasts with you. So that's, you can feel uncomfortable. That's why we do this, yes. So if you want to check in with your fellow listeners between now and Wednesday, you can always Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And on Facebook, we have a private page just for our listeners. And actually, I should give you a shout out. Jonathan, you came up with the name for this Facebook group, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was going to humbly like tell you how awesome that name was when you said it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really interesting when you kind of threw that out there on Facebook. And, and I was like, nobody's talking about... Like, to me, if I were to just say that the main points of this movie I remember... It's certainly this office with the bad lighting. Remember all of that stuff. But then the luggage, because the, the luggage is such a big part of the whole rest of the movie. And I was like, nobody's talking about the raft, the luggage. I think I, I did it. put out a request that if you could find some way to work in the trunks, <laughs> I would go. be forever yeah. grateful. So it was meant to be. So thanks to these beautiful minds coming together. We are on Facebook as the Joe versus the Minute listeners luggage raft. So... Here we are. Like I said, we'll be back on Wednesday. Now it is time for us to climb onto that listener's luggage raft and head out to the sea. So Tierney, my friend, please tell us, what shall our destination be? We skipped one week and I had to think about it as he started winding up to that. My answer is, away from the things of man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, he's setting you up. What's the tagline? <laughs> oh no, you know this. Come on. <laughs> that was very smooth. <laughs> That's how we do it. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. Let me say now I don't know. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.